Hello and welcome to this very special episode of the Popcorn Wind Down. I'm Eddie. And I'm Tammy. Thank you for joining us today. We will be discussing Malcolm and Marie, which is about a couple who has the fight of the century. I don't know. I feel like, Tammy, I feel like I should describe this as a classic Ali versus Sphinx fight or Ali versus, uh, I don't know. it's, It's just a very, very intense fight on the best night and worst night of their lives if that makes any sense you know that does but I still feel like it deserves a Ali Foreman moment Ali Spinks Ali like this was an Ali fight (laughs) Um, (laughs) so and that's the best way I could describe it I couldn't come up with any flowery words for a great introduction because it it just it just left me there. It was a fight. <laughs> so, what did you think of um, Malcolm Emery? I know you said you thought we would uh, we would disagree, but I'm really interested to see what you have to say. Um, it was very authentic. <laughs> um, it was okay. So, I'm going to be honest and say that um, I enjoyed it, but at the same time, about halfway through. It was hit or miss for me on a lot of points. Um, I understood the whole concept and I loved the whole concept of the movie. Um, seeing like them going from loving to hating to yelling at each other, cursing each other out to going back to laughing and joking around. I thought it was really good on seeing how many emotions they went through in just that one argument that they had um, over, what was it, like an hour and a half. Um, so it it was it was it was good. It was good. <laughs> like yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into the discussion of like the different emotions that went on throughout the um throughout the night. But yeah, it's it was hit or miss for me. So we'll get more in detail. What about you, Eddie? <laughs> I'm gonna start with the technical. You you tell me I'm technical, so I'm the, gonna the, the technical. Okay, go ahead, Eddie. Let me, I'm let gonna go with the go technical. <laughs> The film was beautifully shot, and I love that it was in black and white. Um, It it was the first film that was shot during quarantine. Um, They shot it really early in the quarantine, so it had a skeleton crew. Um, I love the choices that they made. Um, The casting was phenomenal. The acting was phenomenal, and it was authentic. Um, And... Someone said it best. I read on Twitter where they were like, at one point I was agreeing with Marie, then at another point I was agreeing with Malcolm, and by the end I was exhausted. Like you really felt like you were in that fight. And um, it's like at one point it went from them just fighting each other to it seemed like they were fighting for their relationship, um, if that makes sense. And it was one of those fights where it's a make or break for your relationship like it's a callus it's like one of those your relationship either ends after this fight or you have to start over after this fight but there's no going back to what it was does that make sense like it was one of those it it was just it was a really really, it was a really intense fight like but I feel like based on like some of the statements that was made is that all of their fights were intense fights um, that they had like I don't I, I, I didn't kind of see this fight as a make or break um, I do think that it went deeper 
Um, and it went deeper just because of the subject of the fight, which ultimately was the movie and the fact, you know, the speech that he gave, the fact that he didn't thank her, but also that the movie was so similar to her life and he didn't cast her um, as the lead in the movie. And I think the subject is where they went and hit even more below the belt. Um, very spiteful in their um, statements to each other as they're trying to win this argument that they're having. They got very, very spiteful and very, very hurtful. But um, based on like what Marie was saying is that all their fights are just as intense. Like, because <laughs> he doesn't know how to stop. And so he pushes and pushes and pushes. And you see that throughout the whole movie. It's like he pushes, pushes, pushes. And the more that he pushed, the more hurtful and mean and assholery he gets as the fight gets more intense, you know? Yeah. And I get that. Like I did, I did sense that when they fought it, it was, it was quite um, an event. I, 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 I got the sense that all their fights were really dramatic and, um, but this one seemed to take a different turn. Um, and I, 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 and once you got into it, like I said, there are points where you agree with her. There are points where you agree with him. And then by the end, you were just tired. But by the end, especially when she broke it down, I understood, I truly understood where she was coming from. Like, it wasn't just that he didn't thank her. Um, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I forgot to thank her. But it's at this point, it's like, you didn't thank me, but your main character in your film is based off of me. You know, um, and so, and then not only that, you made a movie about my life, but you didn't even think to try to cast me in the movie about my life. You know, you didn't seem interested in trying to cast me. And that was one of my favorite parts is where she went all dramatic on him and, he, and she came out with the knife and he didn't know. Oh, yeah. And, and she was serious. Yeah, and then she's like, and then when she finished, because at one point I'm like, I said, nah, she's just reacting the scene from the movie. But then at one point I was like, isn't she? And then <laughs> when she goes, and that is what authenticity buys you, Malcolm. And then he was like, and John David Washington, he kind of channeled his dad for me when he said, and that's how you should have done it. <laughs> that was very, that was very Denzel Washington of him. That, that was very Denzel. And normally I try to separate the two. Like, you know, I, I, I try not to go for the Denzel comparisons, but I'm like, that's when I said, you, your daddy's son, boy. Okay, so I, I did get that thought process as well because this is only the second movie that I've ever watched him in because I still have not seen Inception. So this is the second movie that I've He's ever... not in Inception. I'm sorry, excuse me. He was? He's in Tenet. Inception oh, Tenet, is Leonardo DiCaprio. Recognize. Recognize. Um, so this is only the second movie that I've watched besides Black Klansman. Um, so this is the first like intense role that I've seen him in. And I was just like, he got the acting chops, runs in the family. Like, that's what, yeah. that's what I was thinking at a certain point. Especially the um, scene where he goes into the backyard and he's hitting the air and he's like punching it and slashing it with a fake, like with an imaginary sword and everything. And I was just like, for some reason, I saw Denzel in that moment. Yes. And when he was arguing with himself or the um the the critic from the LA Times and that was another thing that I loved I loved that scene too it was funny 
um, and I'm going to do more on that just a moment. But going back to the technical parts of the movie, I loved how it was just two people in this movie, but you really felt the other characters, like the supporting characters, just um, based on how they talked about them and how well they were written. You felt like that you had seen or met the woman from the New York Times. You felt like she was a real character. And then Taylor, the actress who played Marie's role in the movie, you felt like that they were real characters that you had met earlier in the evening. So um, at least I felt that way. So I, I really applaud that, um, how we were introduced to these other characters and we felt like we got to know them just through this conversation. So. Um, yeah, and but I love how Marie, she just sat there, like, you know, like they knew each other so well. She just sat there and let him argue with himself. It was just like, okay. Yeah, it just every once in a while she'd make a sound, but he really just was going off with his own self. Yeah, and she was like, and you do realize you just argued with yourself, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, and I guess that shows goes back to what you say about how he can't let anything go because for the most part, it was a good, um, it was a, gr- a great critique of his film, and he he found the things to nitpick, and you saw that literally he probably had what in real life would have been a twenty minute argument with himself or an imaginary or an argument with the imaginary New York Times writer who was right there. So you do get the sense that he can't let things go. And I got that. And I got that most of their arguments were brutal. But this one seemed like, just from what she was saying, that it hit so different. And what gave me that sense is at the end, when she was saying how she how she would not let them have sex that night, how it used to be one of her biggest vices, but she refused to go there because it's like, it seems like that's what they would do. They would fight, fuck, make up. And she didn't want to repeat that cycle, not with this argument. So, that. But every time she smoked a cigarette, I felt like she was plotting murder. Oh, yeah. Like, every single time that she got so pissed and she didn't want to, like, you, you know, okay, so you know, like, when you get angry and you start to cry and people think, like, you're really crying... But you just trying to hold yourself back from murdering somebody. <laughs> like, I feel yeah. like that was what cigarettes were to her. So every single time she got to the point where she literally just wanted to like go up to him and just start killing him, like stabbing him with a knife or something, she would go and get a cigarette and just start smoking the cigarette, like to calm herself down. And that's what I got every single time she went to go get that cigarette. I was just like, girl, you at the point where you about to kill him, huh? <laughs> you exactly. Got to yourself a murder. <laughs> Like you knew it was different because he he was about to go to town on that kitty. He wanted that instead of that macaroni and cheese, and she stopped him. She's like, no, like she let out a sigh, like, nah, uh-uh, bruh, you're not getting away with it this time. So that was something that that was the first signal that she was truly, truly mad. And then I think the more she thought about it, she she just became more upset. Um, as she went on, as she sat and thought about all the ways. And you could see the ways that he took her for granted. Um, you know. and But you also got the sense that she was no angel either. But um, when she told him that you took the worst parts of my life and you threw them back in my face just to hurt me, I was like, damn. Well, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he got... The, the more intense the argument got, the more spiteful he got. When she was in the bathtub and he went to her, 
I felt like that was the worst thing that he could possibly do to her is when he told her none of this was about you like this was about so and so it was about this person it was about that person none of this was about you and the only part of the movie when he said the only part of the movie that was about you was the part that showed that you can never accept love and you will never love yourself and I was just like damn like really like was that necessary to hit her like that Whew. I was like, that was a thank you. <laughs> yeah, and then, but she, she, she cracked me up when she was like, "Dude, I used to have respect for you, but something like she used to have respect for him, but don't ever tell anybody that you fucked someone in a heart shaped bed <laughs> in, yes. the, in the Marriott. <laughs> was, it the, was it the bathtub or the bed? It was no, it was it was a heart shaped bathtub. Yes bathtub and I'm like dude really that is fucking cheesy like you're a grown man and that that's what you like that's just one of those things you don't tell anybody like that's so that's so Vegas strip but that's like the bad part of the Vegas strip that's like the cheap hotel the back the <laughs> hotel that's like back off of the Vegas strip the one that you stayed at just so you could say you were in Vegas. Oh, Lord. <laughs> like, you know, that's you getting married at three o'clock in the morning because you're drunk off your ass by an Elvis impersonator. It's just like, nah, dude, we eloped in Vegas and leave it at that, <laughs> you know? But, um, so, but what did you think about the argument? Do you think there was any going back from that? Um, yes, because they've been there already like I don't I don't think that she she said it best when she said the reason why he said all the stuff that he did and he hit her below the belt and he was very spiteful in his arguments against her was because he never ever doubted that at the end of the day she would be there like there was never a doubt in his mind that she would just one day like wake up and be like I'm out I'm done I'm gone and leave and and, and you, you got the sense of that. That was her saying that at the end of the day, she was still going to be there. After this argument was over, she was still going to be there at the end of the day. And um, that was, he knew that. But with her, it was kind of like, but I can't say the same. Because you're so egotistical and you only think of yourself that, you know, you don't doubt my feelings for you. But at the same time, like, you're not 100% there. You just think too much of yourself that you know I'm not going to leave so that you're just going to stay. I was like, damn, okay. It was some deep moments. Well, see, there were very, very I, deep readings of each other and um, I love I love that. Like, they, when he said that I can read you and when she says, I know you and I'm the only one that will also call you an asshole when you're being an asshole, it was very, very true. Like, they had a very, very honest conversation which is something that is missing from a lot of relationships. Yes, it hurt. Yes, <laughs> it probably broke something in them. But at the end of the day, they had a very, very honest conversation. Um, and then they and could see, laugh about it. Like, I love the fact that they were intense and then go to laughing, go to kissing, and then go back to intense. Like, it was so many emotions. And I feel like that was even more of an authentic, honest conversation that they were having on how many emotions they were going through compared to regular adults. Cause we would just walk away and be like, fuck you. And we gone, like we done. Like ain't nobody safe all that shit. But it, it does show a lot of conversations that should be had between couples. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, like on one hand, but I think you put you hit the nail on the head and you kind of made my point when I said when you said it broke something in them. And that's what I mean. Like it was one of those, it wasn't one of their regular arguments. It, it was an art it may have started off that way, but it did not end that way. Because you could see when he woke up the next morning and he couldn't find her, he was really scared that she was gone. And I think that she it, it had crossed her mind like I was surprised like it it wouldn't have surprised me either way like her being there I was like okay part of me was a little disappointed I guess that's that G and me that was like nah you, you took it way too far away <laughs> like you know like because like you said it broke something and that's one of those arguments where I say okay because she stayed at this point, there's no going back to what we were before. But I feel like it's, it, it broke something, but can, can I say that that last scene, the, the thank you speech that she gave also, was hella deep. It, it was really, really deep. And I think that what was broken in their relationship that they never dealt with, because I felt that with this whole argument and the arguments that they probably had before, it was slowly breaking down their relationship, especially inside of her. Um, the relationship was slowly being broken down. I got that more from how she viewed the argument compared to how he viewed the argument. But I think that thank you speech when he when she finally told him like what she needed and what she wanted, and he stood there and he listened and did not interrupt. He's not what like he stood there and he listened. And at the end, when he said, "You know, I love you. I'm sorry. Thank you," and she said, "You're welcome." And I was just like, I feel like even though something had broken throughout the whole night, um, I also feel like it was on the mend on the fact that she finally was able to, they were finally able to get to the root of why she was angry in the first place. Because that thing said exactly why she was angry. She She didn't feel appreciated and he didn't understand that she didn't feel appreciated. You know, and and I get that, but and that's what I'm saying. But because she decided to stay, whatever was broken at this point, there was no going back to what they were before. Yeah. It was one of those. There was one of those points where, okay, because she stayed, we've got to start over and build this up again. We have to see who the new Malcolm and Marie are because the old Malcolm and Marie, they that shit's been played out. And, and you got that you got how serious she was at least I did when she said because a lot of people they fucking they fight and that's it and it never solves anything mm-hmm. and and that was the point that she made like she said besides cigarettes having sex with you was my vice and you got the sense that you know just because of the first scene when they came home and he tried to go down on her he tried he knew she was upset and he was like not this again but he tried to ease it with sex and it seemed like at moments that they were going to go there, but she was determined not to allow them to fall back into the habit. So you could tell, and I guess you're right, that that was an argument that she wanted to have, that she knew they needed to have, that, okay, if he's on the cusp of this stardom, if this is his big night and this is his big movie, then we definitely can't go on like this. It's kind of like, you're right. This is, this. we have to have this out. We have to have this discussion because everything is about to change. Yep. <laughs> but can we talk about how also, um, I, 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 I enjoyed the intensity of the movie 
Um, I did enjoy the intensity of the movie, but I also felt that it was too above my head. I'm a regular movie goer. Um, you know, I don't follow a dictionary on Twitter. So <laughs> hot shot. Why are you trying to why are you trying to wish me, man? I take that headshot. I'll take those two to the dome. Because I bet you all those big words that they were throwing out. You could figure out exactly, if you didn't know what they meant, you could figure out what they meant or you would look them up to find out exactly what the meaning of those words are. And I was just like, he was throwing out some words and I was just like, oh Lord Jesus. Like, like am I in a film history course? Like, he was naming all of these movies. He was naming all of these directors. And I was just like, yeah, I don't know none of this. <laughs> like, I recognize Spike Lee. <laughs> that means anything. But I did feel like at the same time, the movie can go over the heads of regular and not to say that we're dumb or anything like that. But sometimes I think that, um, well, me, I go to the movies to really shut my brain off. And I felt like in this movie at points, I felt like my brain had to be working in order to fully follow exactly what they were trying to say, especially him, what he was trying to, cause he was an elitist. He didn't want to acknowledge the fact that he was an elitist, but he was. Um, and she and she called him out on that. She did. Two, two parent home. She, he's never had to scrap or anything. She was like, "You you grew up in a two parent home. Like you have a college education. <laughs> like you've never had to scrap for anything. You don't understand what it means to scrap for anything." And and I definitely definitely got that um, part of it. And I guess that shows another difference in between Marie and Malcolm. I could relate more to Marie than I could to Malcolm because you saw his more, um, I, I want to say you, you, you could see the fact that he is what people would call like an elitist or he had a certain privilege that he didn't want to acknowledge, a certain privilege that he had. Or he didn't want it to be a part of who he was as a, as a director. And I'm just like, yeah, dude, like, I think Angela Davis would think differently. I was with her when she said that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, I, I agree. Like, I, well, you know, I love all sorts of movies. So it, and to me, that is relaxing still. Um. But I, I, I agreed with her too. In, in a sense that he was an elitist, you could tell he was a snob. He had a, he, he just wasn't my cup of tea. Like he was, <laughs> the character was beautifully played by John David Washington. It was, So let's it give was. him all the props in the world because he acted his ass off and he was great. Which throws me up that he wasn't um, nominated. Yes. Um, but as far as Malcolm, the character, oh, he was an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> um, call it artistic license, call it this, call it that. He was an asshole. It was like he was one of those kids who probably went to U USC film school or uh, NYU film school or Columbia film school, um, hung out with his art house film friends and talked about all this shit. Like the, the stuff that he was dogging the, the critic for. Um, it's the same stuff that he did just on a different level yeah. and I think she even made that point at one at, at one time about how okay she's an elitist but so are you it just may be elitist about different things you know um, she she may be elitist about the black experience but you're just an elitist period you know like you feel like oh because you, you does, am I, is that making any sense? No no I get what you're trying to say 
like there are different levels to being an elitist um and your knowledge or how you um respond to certain things in your life especially when you have a specialty and i think that yeah his specialty in film history and in filmmaking is where his elitism came from is that yeah. he had that mindset when it came to like film and everything. like he was throwing out when he threw out the uh, filmmaker William Wyler, and he was like, "She, I bet you she don't even know." He was like, "I," and she was like, "I don't even know who that is." And he was like, "Oh," was <laughs> just like, like, "Dude, of course yeah. you know, like that's your she, she, nobody knows who that is." So yeah, so definitely came out in certain parts when he was talking about her going to college, and she was like, um, "You went to college, <laughs> like, yeah. like, what are you talking about?" So- so he he, he would have yeah he would have been an ass but you could also tell that at one point in time he you know, I'm not saying he didn't care for her, but he you know that he really did because it seems like he's the one and the the other thing I'm mixing up all my thoughts so first he really cared for her because he helped her get clean they've been together for five years and they address the other things so subtly that everyone had a problem with, including yourself. And that is the age difference between uh, well, I didn't see it the actors. Yeah, and and once you saw the movie, you didn't see it, but it was addressed so subtly about how they'd been together for like five years, and that he was a little bit older than her. Like they didn't address the exact, but you got the feeling you knew that he was a little bit older than her. Yeah, it, it worked. And it, it worked based on the her background. And I was just like, yeah. oh, okay, like, I can I can see that now, yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, and you also got the feeling that maybe after she cheated on him, he kind of checked out a little bit. He did that man thing, like, I forgive you, I'm going to stay with you, but he didn't truly forgive her. And it seemed like that he, that part of the reason why he was such an asshole or why he took her for granted in some ways was because he hadn't, he was trying to punish her for that punish her for everything I think that he was punishing her for her weakness in ways um because he also when he was going real intense on her and he was using all her secrets that she told him against her um and he said like you know I was with you for you know those six months when she couldn't even have sex because she was so like um high out of her mind and of course a man would sex. say that huh? yeah <laughs> that she couldn't even have sex and you know I stayed with you through that and then you know um, just literally naming every single thing um, so yeah it, it was really really intense but I think they both had their vices uh, we really only hear about hers but I think they both had their vices they both had um, reasons why they like they knew each other's secrets enough that they knew how to hit under the belt but I will say throughout the movie, I never thought at one point that they did not love each other. And I guess maybe that would be an unpopular opinion, but I got the sense that the people, it's sad to say, but the people that love you the most are the ones that can hurt you the most. And when you feel hurt, you want to hurt that person just as much, (laughs) especially when you know they know your secrets because you trust them above all. Um, but I never got the sense that they didn't love each other um, throughout the whole entire night. Like, I just got the sense that um, their feelings were hurt. Yeah. They, uh, they, they went through some intensity, but I never did not. Like, it was never a denial of their feelings. And you can tell that by how how many emotions 
they went through throughout the whole entire argument. Yeah, I agree with you. I I never got the feeling that they hated each other. It wasn't like, and I know you've probably never seen this movie, The War of the Roses. Oh gosh, no. Okay, I've heard um, of it. I've it was, seen it. Yeah, it wasn't a War of the Roses. Like you never got, the, I never got the feeling that they hated each other. It didn't. And you're absolutely right. Sometimes the people you love the most are the ones that you hurt the most, um, whether it was intentional or not. And hurt people hurt people. So uh, when he fought, he fought to win. He wasn't, and it's like he didn't want to be run up. And he, he, and you're right. The the only time that you really got the sense that he was truly listening to her to hear what she was saying and not to weaponize it, not to respond was at the end when she took, when she gave him the thank you. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, other than that, and there's a saying that, you know, are, are we listening? So only so that we can respond or are we listening so that we can hear and understand? That's a human thing. Yeah. A lot of times we're just listening so we can respond rather than really listening to what the person is trying to tell us. Yeah. And at the end, you, you got the feeling that, okay, he, he, that was the time where he was one of the few times where he was actually listening to understand. And it, you can tell that it affected him and that it hit him. And, you know, I agree. I, I think that they loved each other. And like I said, for me, that was a fight. That was a night that could have been, that could have gone both ways. If she would have stayed, if that would have, if that night would have been the end of their relationship, I fully get it. And if if it, if their relationship continues on after that, I I understand. But it it was one of those turning points for me. Um, I just I don't think that they could go back to what they were before that fight. Either way. So, um, what all did you think? Um, I I know there can't be a sequel, but I do want. <laughs> I I don't want to know what happens. <laughs> Like, is that I kind? I'm good you know, on I, how it ended. Yeah, I told I told my friend someone that I was talking about. I said I it was one of those where you wanted to know. I I don't want a sequel. I can't live through another sequel. Okay, I can't live through the aftermath. But it was like I I wanted to know like uh, scrolling up in the like have um, credits telling you what happened like oh okay they lived happily ever after Malcolm's movie was a success <laughs> or something like that Marie got back into acting or something I don't know but that but do I want to do I actually want another sequel no I, I don't but I would love to see them in another film together. They had great chemistry. Excellent they did. Chemistry. They did. And you, you, I will say that um, I have seen how much Zendaya has grown as an actress. You know, I don't watch, um, you, is it Euphoria? Oh my God. I don't watch Euphoria. It bores the heck out of me. We've had this discussion. I'm, I'm not going to be watching it because I could not get into it. I was bored out of my mind for the two and a half episodes that I watched. I, I could not. And I tried it three times and still it could never pull me in. Um, but I definitely see how she has improved on her act. Not saying that she was a bad actress before, but I definitely have seen the improvement on her acting, especially with this movie, on that she's grown. She, yeah. Now really she's not, to- I can see her as a 20 something year old woman that she is now than as a teenage girl. Like I definitely see her in her early 20s. Like she's an adult woman now. And I love that because it's only gonna get better from here. Like she, she did a fantastic, fantastic job um, in this yeah, movie. Yeah, because 
because we really don't get to see euphoria is great she's excellent in euphoria and um you know but also in spider-man which i think uh, most people would probably know her from and her disney like i didn't follow her disney career i knew who she was i was a fan like you know gotta support um gotta support my peoples in this business but um so it was really just with Spider-Man and Euphoria that I, her breakout role in Euphoria, I guess that started to pay attention. And Spider-Man, you know, it just doesn't show her acting chops. Nothing against the Spider-Man franchise or MCU, but, you know, um, it's not about Mary Jane, it's about Spider-Man. And Even the then, I think that she, um, I, will, I, I kind of disagree a little bit on that, you know, not to get into it, but um, she shows the awkwardness of the MJ character that she plays. I will say that she does a good job of oh, showing yeah. that awkward teenage girl um, thing that um, she has going on because then she fits better with um, she fits better with this Spider-Man played by Tom Holland than the previous Mary Janes that have been in the, or even Gwen Stacy. Um, that have been in the previous Spider-Man movies. Like, I think that she plays that awkward teenage girl way better, and it could be because they're actually both um, closer to the age of Spider-Man and MJ than um, the previous actor and actresses that have played those roles. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm job. not saying she's bad at the role. She's good at the yeah, role. Yeah, but it doesn't yeah, really show her full range. Yeah, she's an adult now. <laughs> she, yeah. she, she's an adult, and I can't wait to see what else she has. But um, I think at the end... Uh, even with the intensity, because at some points they really did lose me, and I started to look at my phone or started to get distracted. Um, they didn't hold my interest throughout the whole movie. I will say that. So my rating for um, Malcolm and Marie, I am going to rate it at about a three point two five popcorn. Um, just because it could not keep me interested in the intensity of the movie there were boring parts where i was just like oh lord like how much i was like how much longer is this argument gonna be because oh goodness and i was like oh 45 more minutes to go dang yeah so yeah so 3.25 is what i'm going to rate malcolm and marie not to say that it's not something you should watch you definitely should but um it couldn't keep me fully interested throughout the whole entire movie see i was the opposite i was fully invested throughout the whole film. Um, I watched from beginning to end. I didn't, at one point I was like, they are going to argue for the whole film. <laughs> but, um, so I, I guess going in, I knew that it was going to be the argument for the whole film. But I, I love the way that they did it. Like they took you through the, the like you said, the human emotions. Of, you kind of went through uh, uh, if it was an argument that lasted for days we got it all in one night like the various emotions that you would feel the happy the sad the laughter the okay I think we're cool are we cool ah she's about to oh fuck we're not cool you know um so I'm going to give it a three I was teetering on this I couldn't decide and I think I finally decided I'm going to give it a three and a half stars okay that's good um, me. It, I was I was going I was three and a half, three point seven five. It is really good, but it is a lot. Um it is a lot to take in. It's really intense. So um and you know, just a few nitpicky things. But yeah, I, I do recommend it. Um I recommend that you don't watch it if you're already pissed off. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, so that is that does it for this episode on Malcolm and Marie. As always, I want to thank you for joining us. I'm Eddie. And I'm Tammy. Bye.